Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. You guys happy today? You're glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Glad it's Christmas time? Yeah? It's, it's, it's all right. It's Christmas time. <laughs> well, this is the most wonderful time of the year, and it is in full effect. I mean, Pastor Jared finally went and shopped for Christmas gifts. Well, like a week out, 12 days, and he went and shopped. So it's in full effect. You know that Christmas is in full effect because all of the great Christmas movies are being played on Hallmark right now. Any Hallmark uh, movie lovers out there? Spencer, I knew it. <laughs> I, I like them. It's fine. It's fine. But there are actual movies out there, too, that are being played during this time. And last week, we started a new series about Advent. And we decided that we were going to use, the pastoral staff was going to use some of their favorite movies while we preach. And Pastor Barry mentioned a lot of great movies that are out right now. He mentioned It's a Wonderful Life. How many, how many Wonderful Life fans in here? Yeah, I'm not going to do a George Bailey impersonation because... Well, number one, Pastor Barry did such a great job last week. So if you want to hear a good one, you got to go ask him. Number two, I don't do impersonations. I just don't do them. I'm not good at it. So uh, not going to have them. But uh, he also mentioned Elf. Any Elf fans out there? Okay. So we're getting better. So not so much Wonderful Life, but Elf. All right. Miracle on 34th Street. Anybody? That, that's what I expected. Two, two people. I just, I just, every time I turn it on, it's like nap time. It's like, well, Megan likes it three. Sorry, there's three people. My wife also loves Miracle on 34th Street. Christmas Vacation. Okay, we're getting more. Uh, they're all great. And Pastor Barry mentioned his favorite movie, A Christmas Story. You guys like that? Did anybody go home and watch that movie after last week? No. No, it's okay. It's, it's a good movie. But he failed to mention one of my favorite Christmas movies and the movie that we're going to talk about today. And that is Home Alone. That is a great movie. Any Home Alone fans? Let's hear it. All right, all right. There, see, Home Alone. I mean, who doesn't love to watch a little nine-year-old boy who gets forgotten at home by his parents and is forced to defend against the wet bandits? I mean, it's just great. This kid had to learn so many things, and he had to learn so many things really fast. I mean, he had to learn how to do the laundry. He had to learn how to cook for himself. Um, for some reason, he had to learn how to shave and put on aftershave, which, of course, it really hurt him. It burnt really bad. I mean, I didn't even have to learn how to shave till I was 22. What's this kid doing when he's nine trying to shave? I mean, come on. He had to go to the grocery store. He had to go shopping. He had to go and figure out if the toothbrush from the local convenience store was really ADA approved or not. Then on top of that, he had to figure out how to defend his house against the two robbers, of course. I mean, this nine-year-old had to learn a lot, and he had to learn how to do it all while his parents were flying to and from Paris. I mean, come on. I, know, I, know, I don't know about you, but uh, my nine-year-old, Molly, wouldn't know how to do some of the things that Kevin had to do. I mean, she would not know how to string up a torch so when the burglar walked in, it would burn the top of his head. She wouldn't know. I don't even think she would know how to throw uh, uh, water down the stairs so it would freeze in order that they would slip and fall. She wouldn't know, oh, hey, there's some tar downstairs. I think I'm going to go ahead and put it on these stairs so that they lose their shoes and socks and then they step on a nail. Um, 
she wouldn't know how to put sticky stuff all over a guy's face in order that he would get feathers in his face. Uh, she just, okay, wait a second. As I think about this, out of my two daughters, Molly probably would know how to do this stuff. So uh, let's, not, let's not give her any ideas, okay? She would be the one to try this stuff. Let's just, let's just leave it to Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone, okay? Don't, don't tell Molly. Now, maybe you're sitting there and you are thinking, how in the world... Maybe you've watched the movie. Maybe you're thinking, how in the world do parents forget their nine-year-old child at home on a big plane ride, okay? And to be fair, I used to sit there and think the same thing when I watched this movie. How could they forget their kid at home? What kind of parents would ever forget their kid anywhere? Anywhere. What kind of parents would do that? Well... There's a little situation that happened uh, a while ago that uh, uh, changed my mind a little bit with that. Um, We we possibly might have forgotten, lost, however you want to say it, Molly one time. All right? Uh, I'll tell you the story, okay? There's one, it happened right after Joe and Amelia's wedding here at the church. All right? I was on cleanup duty that day after the wedding, and we had, like, in the fireside room, we hung these big swoop things in in the fireside room and that was my job to take them down and so I was working starting to take those down Megan my wife comes up to me and says hey I'm going to take grandma home you and Alyssa are watching Molly and then she was out the door Megan was gone all right so I continued helping clean up and and just getting stuff done about 30 minutes later I remembered oh yeah I'm on Molly duty where could Molly be at so I started looking for her all over this building. I realized something that day. This building has tons of stinking rooms, all right? There's rooms everywhere. It probably took me about 20 minutes to look into every room. But I started looking, and I went all over. I couldn't find her anywhere. So I ran to Alyssa, and I said, hey, Alyssa, have you seen Molly? Alyssa's like, yeah, sure. I saw her. She walked out with Megan. So now we don't know, did she leave the, did she leave the building? Is she in the building? We don't know. So I text Megan, hey, is, is Molly with you? You know, because maybe that'll calm me down a little bit. Is Molly with you? Megan then texts back, no, I left her with you. I didn't want to text her the next thing. I'm like, well, where is she then? But panic set in right at that moment because I was like, oh no, I don't know where this girl is at. She is lost. I can remember Megan coming back to the church and fear and panic was all over her face. She's just running around looking everywhere. Uh, I believe my heart was in my throat. Uh, I'm sure I was pale. Alyssa was uh, really scared at that moment too because we did not know where this girl was. And we just kept looking. We started to pray. Where in the world could this little girl? Well, praise God because after well, well over 30 minutes of looking, we find her. And where else would we find a th- by the way, she's three. <laughs> she's three years old at this time, not nine. She's three. But where else would we find Molly besides in the bathrooms right out here cleaning her shoes? <laughs> she just got her nice little shoes off and she was cleaning them. She couldn't get the door open at that time either because the door was heavy and she was three. So she was just in there, but she was fine. No panic. No, no, she wasn't scared at all. She was just in there cleaning her shoes right up. But with all that, the chaos that was happening within that day and that night, I no longer look at the McAllisters with a judgmental eye. And you shouldn't either. How many people have lost their kid before or left them at home, left them at church, Walmart? You know, so yeah, we all have done it. So let's not look at the McAllister and be like, 
what bad parents they are. We've all done it, all right? <clears throat> and, and if you remember in that movie, the day they forgot Kevin, there was a lot of chaos that was happening in the house. Instead of me telling you all the chaos that's going to happen, uh, how about I just show you, all right? So let's go ahead and take a look at the screen. every time because there's no way you're going to the airport and doing that now she didn't even look at their tickets she was like yeah sure come on in go ahead find your seats it's all right and the second one the girl throws tickets everywhere and she's like yeah your dad's probably in there go ahead you know to a 10 year old kid at that time but anyway that just makes me laugh you can see that there is a ton of chaos that's happening that day not to mention all the chaos that happened the night before they left then on top of all that, the power goes off. Their alarm didn't work. Uh, they woke up late. And also, the next door neighbor, that kid, if he wasn't in there, everything would have been fine. But no, that one kid, that, that kid got in the way, and they thought he was Kevin. Through all of that, they forgot the poor little nine-year-old boy, Kevin, at home, and he was home alone. You might be asking yourself, how does all this pertain to Advent? We learned last week that Advent means coming or arrival. And with the arrival of Jesus came the arrival of hope, which Pastor Barry talked about last week, and I mentioned going online and watching it if you missed it. He also mentioned that right before the arrival of Jesus, the world was a dark, dark place. King Herod was king, and he, he, he ran it more like a dictatorship, and whatever he said, that's what went. And if he didn't like what you had to say or what you did, he could just kill you. They were under a political oppression back then as well. It also had what is known as the 400 years of silence. This is where God was silent. No prophets were having words from the Lord. There was no more signs and wonders that were happening at this time. God was just silent for 400 years. So as you can imagine with me, that there was a lot of chaos and loneliness. I'm sure that God's people were afraid a lot at this time. But something great was about to happen. The advent the coming of Jesus Christ was about to happen. And if you read through the, the birth of Christ in Luke 2, you could see what comes with the advent of Christ. There comes hope, peace, love, joy. But today I want to talk about the coming of peace through Jesus. We see Luke 2, 13 through 14, and how, and how Jesus was and his coming of peace. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. We see in that scripture, the angel tells the shepherds that there is peace coming to the earth, and he is to be born in Bethlehem. This morning, I want to focus on three areas where Jesus brings real peace to. Jesus brought real peace back then, but he brings real peace to us today. The first thing I want to talk about this morning is how Jesus brings real peace to chaos. He brings real peace. If you're taking notes, that's the first point. He brings real peace to chaos. Before we could talk about how Jesus brought peace to chaos, I think it's good to figure out what is chaos? What does it mean? Dictionary.com defines chaos as a state of utter confusion or disorder, a total lack of organization. If we think about the clip I showed from Home Alone, and the definition of chaos, I think we can agree that the movie did a great job of showing us what chaos looks like. 
The result of utter confusion and disorder in that house at that time, the result was chaos, and the result was them forgetting their son. And if we go back to the, to the world before Jesus was born and the chaos that was going on, it will show us how much this world needs Jesus and still needs Jesus today. Because just like I mentioned earlier, the world before Jesus came to it was, was in total chaos. They had the silence that was happening, the, the King Herod. There, was, there wasn't any signs and wonders happening. Prophets were not hearing from the Lord. It was just a chaotic time to live. But, but, there was, there, there was peace coming. There was a Savior coming to them, and he was bringing peace, and his name was Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was a prophecy before the 400 years of science, before Jesus was actually born. This was the prophet Isaiah speaking in a dark time for a dark time. And Isaiah was saying that this child who is Jesus will bring light to a dark place. He'll bring peace in the midst of chaos that might be happening. And and his government is a government of justice and peace. Now, I believe this prophecy from Isaiah was for them back then, but I think it's for us today. Because as I think about the chaos that was going on back then, it makes me think about the chaos that is happening right now. In this world, we are experiencing chaos to a certain degree like never before. We are experiencing chaos in politics. There's chaos with the pandemic. There's chaos within culture. There's just so much chaos that is all around us all of the time. But the good news is Jesus came to this earth, and and when he came... He brought peace with it. And now it is up to us to take a hold of that peace and apply it to our lives. A scripture that I love and I feel like I use a lot uh, when I preach, but honestly, it's just a great scripture and it pertains to this, is John 16, And in this scripture, Jesus is talking and he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't promise us a cakewalk after we ask him into our lives, after we ask, accept him into our hearts. He doesn't just say, okay, everything's going to be beautiful and flowers and rainbows and whatever's beautiful to you. Uh, he doesn't promise us that we won't experience hardships and tough times. No, instead, Jesus says you will experience tribulations. You will have those hard times. You will experience hardships in your life and times that seem dark and times that seem chaotic. Then he brings the good news along with, that tough, with those tough words. He says, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And in me, through me, you will experience peace. Let me encourage you this morning. Maybe you're going through a dark time right now in your life. Maybe you look at your life and everything that is going on and it seems so chaotic and so crazy. You feel like the McAllisters right before they leave for Paris. Or you feel like God's people felt for those 400 years of silence. You just feel like chaos is all over your life and you feel like Jesus has abandoned you in all of it. But 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of confusion but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. Let me just say, take heart. He does not want to leave you in your chaos. His perfect peace wants to rest in you and it wants to rest on you. Put your trust in him and rest in him because he is not a God of chaos. 
And remember the reason for this season, and it's Jesus Christ coming to this earth and bringing peace. Peace to you, peace to your world, peace to the chaos that you might be feeling. Jesus is with you and he brings real peace to the chaos that might be surrounding us, surrounding you in your life right now. He also brings peace to the loneliness. Point two, if you're taking notes. He brings real peace to the loneliness. During this time of the year, even with family all around us, it's easy to feel all alone. Just like Kevin felt all alone, even when, with all the people running around his house. He had so many family members, so many people coming in and out, and he still felt alone. He felt like nobody would hear him, and that nobody cared about him, and that nobody would help him. He just felt alone. Then when they were all gone, and there was nobody running our house, nobody making noise, there was nobody eating his cheese pizza that he needs, he had to defend his house alone. And loneliness hit him, and it hit him hard. And all that he really wanted at that moment was his family. He wanted them back. But we as Christians can have peace from the loneliness. All because Jesus came on the, that silent night so long ago. And Jesus And because Jesus came, we can have the peace that passes all understanding. We can have peace that Jesus is always with us. Just like it says in Proverbs 18, 24, it says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Or the promise in Deuteronomy 31, 8, that says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Or the promise uh, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, that says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus has come to give each and every one of us peace through our loneliness. Even when we have tons of people, maybe this, maybe this Christmas season you're going to have tons of people over. You're going to have family from all over come to your house or you're going to go to those houses, but you still might feel alone. Even when all those people around us, surrounding us, uh, you don't have to feel alone because Jesus is there. When you feel like Jesus has left you and he isn't speaking to you anymore, can I tell you that the promises in his word should encourage you and remind you that Jesus loves you? cares for you. He's listening to you. He's there to give you peace through your loneliness. You are never, ever alone. God does not leave his people in their loneliness. In fact, God's presence actually interrupts our loneliness. You can see this because he demonstrates it through scripture time and time again. He demonstrated it with Daniel when Daniel was in the lion's den. God was there shutting the mouth of the lions. He demonstrated it with Hagar while she was out in the middle of a desert, pregnant, all alone. God sent an angel to meet her right there in her loneliness. When Paul and Silas were in prison, hanging there, they were met by God. You can see how his presence interrupts loneliness with the woman at the well who Jesus uh, sat with even though it wasn't customary. And the greatest time ever that God demonstrated how his presence interrupts our loneliness was by sending his one and only son to the manger so many years ago. I tell you these stories to help you realize that you are never alone. Isaiah 7, 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin, behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God is with us. We don't have to live in a state of loneliness. Even when you feel like nobody is around, he is with you. 
When you feel like nobody is listening, you feel like every time you turn around, everybody is too busy for you. That's when you need to realize and remember that he, that Jesus is with you all of the time. Psalm 34, 17 says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of the, all their troubles. Psalm 145, 18 says, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call him in truth. Jesus came to this earth, earth so that you and I could have peace, even in loneliness. Don't let Satan lie to you and tell you that Jesus left you because of the way you feel. But instead, remember that we serve a Jesus who never leaves us, who never forsakes us. We serve a Jesus who is always with us, even to the ends of the age. You are never alone because Jesus is right there with you always, bringing real peace to your loneliness. Our job is to trust that he is there and call out to him when we need him, especially in our loneliness. The advent or coming of Jesus brings real peace, real peace to our chaos, real peace to our loneliness, and he brings real peace to the afraid. That's point number three, writing it down. He brings real peace to the afraid. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That scripture is so great. Not only does it say that peace of God will guard your heart and your mind, but it gives us what we need to do to help with fear and anxiety. We need to pray. We need to talk to God about everything, about the way you are feeling, about the fear that you might be having, about the anxiety that you might be dealing with. Talk to God. Talk to him about it. And, and the God of peace, which is far beyond our own understanding, will be there for us. It's kind of like when Kevin sees the wet bandits for the first time. I don't know if you guys remember this scene or not, but it's late at night and they show up at Kevin's house and he is asleep in a chair. He just got done eating all of the, the junk and watching the movies that he can't watch when his parents are home. And he's there sleeping. And he, he, he hears a door close and he sees the shadow of the two robbers and he gets scared. And fear overcomes poor little nine-year-old Kevin. And what does he do? He ends up getting up, running around the house, turning on all of the lights. He runs upstairs, he gets under his parents' bed and he hides and he covers his head. And he's scared. Now, he hides under there for a while, okay? It doesn't tell us how long. He just hides there for a while. Then all of a sudden, he has this aha moment. Something hits him when he's down there, and he gets overcome with this boldness and confidence, and he says, you know what? I can't be a wimp. I can't be a wimp. I'm the man of the house now. Then he gets up. He gets out from under his bed. He runs outside, and he yells, you know, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. Right then and there, he decides that he has to defend his house at all costs. And later on in the movie, right before the wet bandits come to try to break into Kevin's home, Kevin comes home back from church. He shuts the door behind him, and he says, this is my house, and I have to defend it. He just has this confidence and this boldness all about him. Now, we as Christians and Christ followers need to have that same confidence Maybe more, maybe more confidence. Let's say we need to have more confidence than that, all right? Because we serve a God who sent his one and only son to earth to bring us peace so that we don't have to be afraid. John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We don't have to live in fear or be afraid of the attacks from Satan. Why? 
because Jesus was sent to give us peace, not fear. On Wednesday, I told this story uh, to, to the youth about me when I was younger and how I used to be afraid of my basement, all right? Now, this wasn't a, a I don't know, a nor- normal basement, a nice basement. It was not a finished basement. It was creepy. I mean, like half the floor was dirt. The other half had concrete. There was only windows about, the, two windows like that size. It was dark. It had a cellar door that led, led outside. Then the, the stairs were always like, scary. They were just always scary. They always had spider webs in it. I don't know what other kind of bugs. There was, I don't know. The, the stairs even scared me. I remember this as a kid, like running down the stairs because there was like gaps in the stairs. And I always knew somebody was down there going to grab my foot and just take me away. You know, it just, it was really scary to me. Okay. This basement also did not have a light switch at the top of the stairs. This dang basement. How, I might have to go to Ultimate Journey for this, okay? Thanks, I'll talk to, I'll talk to Devin later. But it did not have, I blame my parents. It's, <laughs> it didn't have a light switch. What I had to do was I had to run down the stairs because this is, in the basement is, of course, where the laundry was. It was where all my hobbies got put. Every time I wanted to do a hobby, basement. You know, that's where I had to go. Anyway, it didn't have a light. So whenever we were going down there, You'd have to, I would, I don't know if everybody did in my family, but I know I did. I would run down there and I'd have to find a light and pull the cord. And I was scared all the time until that light was turned on. All right. It was kind of like when Kevin was down in his basement and the furnace started talking to him and he just got that confidence and he's like, he tells the furnace to shut up. You know, like, yeah, shut up. Yeah, I didn't tell the, the, my basement to shut up. I went and turned on the light. All right. I just flipped on a light. And right when the light was on, darkness was gone, and I was at peace. I was calm. Uh, That's how it is with our life, okay? Once we have the light of Jesus inside of us, we don't have to live in fear about anything. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When light is present, darkness loses all the time. Just like in that basement, when I turned on the light, darkness had to leave, and I wasn't scared. We have Jesus in our life, and the light of Jesus is inside of us. Darkness has to leave. Darkness loses. We can have peace in that. We can have confidence in that. Jesus, the peace of this world, can bring and will bring peace to your fears. You just have to lean into Jesus and into that light. When we do that, the fear leaves, and you don't have to be afraid anymore. If I had a Pastor Barry and the worship team to come on back up, the Advent... The coming of Jesus into this world brought with it peace. This morning, what I want, would like to do is to take some time at the altar just connecting with the one who brings peace. If you're at home, what I want to do is I want to encourage you um, to go find an altar where you're at, wherever you might be. Go put some music on and just spend time with the Prince of Peace because he came to bring peace And sometimes we get so busy with life and we get so busy trying to please everybody that we forget the only way to attain this peace is by spending time with Jesus. If you feel like chaos surrounds you all of the time, my question to you is, have you spent time sitting at the feet of the Prince of Peace? Have you quieted your mind, your heart, your life, and just basked in the calmness and peace that Jesus brought so many years ago? Maybe you feel alone right now. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by loss at this time. 
That's when we need to spend time with the one who says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Have you just quieted, been, been quiet with the one who sticks closer than a brother to you? Have you taken time out of your busy day, your busy schedule to just be in his presence? I'm believing that he is going to interrupt your loneliness with his peace this morning. Maybe you feel afraid right now. It's time to let the Prince of Peace invade your situation. I know for me, when I'm feeling afraid or lonely or, or just everything is going crazy, if I just take a few minutes and spend time with Jesus, how all that peace comes in and everything else leaves. And so that's what I wanna do this morning. You do that at home and in here, we're gonna sing. And you know, if you are just going through a time of chaos or you're going through a time of loneliness or you're going through a time where you're just afraid, the things of this world have you afraid, get with the Prince of Peace. Just sit at his feet, just bask in his presence. So if everybody could just stand up. I'm going to pray, and then we have the altars are going to be open. Mitzi's going to sing for us. And I just want you to really take a focused time. We have time. I left, I ended early on purpose so we could have time to just spend time with the Lord and let the peace overrun every part of our life. Lord, we come, God, and we just thank you. I thank you for this message, God. I thank you um, that you sent your one and only son, God, to this earth, and he, with it, he brought peace. Peace that invades every, uh, every situation that we might be going through, Lord. And God, as, as we look in our hearts and we look over our lives, God, and, and the chaos that might be surrounding us, the loneliness or the fear, God, that might be in our lives, God, we just ask that you would invade that, that you would just sweep over us, God, that, that peace would just sweep over us today, Lord, as we spend time at these altars with you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take that time to, to spend with Jesus today.
forget to do this throughout this season, throughout your life. Don't forget to spend time with the Prince of Peace. If you're feeling that anxiety, you're feeling that chaos, you feel that loneliness, you know, spend time with him. Get in his presence. Can I encourage you to get into his presence before you feel that way? Before you feel that way? When we do that, when we come up against those problems, it's much easier to walk through it because you're not walking alone. Let me pray for you. Then we can hit the lunch buffet early. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, we come, God, and we just thank you for this day. God, we thank you that, that your son is with us. He walks with us, God, talks with us. And when we are feeling overwhelmed by the situations, that we might face, that you never leave us. And we thank you for that, God. Lord, help us to remember that you bring you, you brought peace with you so many years ago, Lord. We still get to tap into that. We still get to use that, God. Lord, help us to remember to spend time with you, to get on our face before you, to just take moments out of our day to, to get with the Prince of Peace, Lord. this place, and I ask that you would just continue that work in our lives, God, as we go out from here. In Jesus' name. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages. 